0: Hello, and welcome to Worst Best Sellers, where we read about heroic genius cats so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read The Fast and the Furriest by Sophie Ryan. Joining us to discuss this cozy cat mystery is Dorte, a cozy cat. Hi, Dorte.
1: (laughs) Hi, Dorte. Before we get into the book, uh, just to say, like to give you because of what our recording schedule is and what our release schedule is to give you all like an idea of what's going on here it's what like it's a month early so we're like march 28th or something Mm, yeah
0: something yes it's
1: we're we're late march so we are you know about two weeks into uh all of this mess Yeah, this episode's
0: going up April twenty-seventh. Who knows? Like, this might might be released posthumously at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird time to be recording a month in advance considering day to day things change so much. So just in case we like make any weird off-color jokes. That you're like, ooh, too soon. It's probably, well, well. it might be just because we're assholes, but it also might be because we're recording this in March and, like, the fucking world could end next week and who knows at this point.
0: Yeah, by the time we record in April, we're going to be like, hey, remember vegetables? <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> at this point, we've been in our houses for two weeks. Uh... And I can't speak for Renata. I can speak for me as a person who likes other people and say that I'm very tired and I very much miss human interaction. Uh,
0: I hate humans. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we gave ourselves a little break for both of us with this cozy cat mystery, um, which is a pretty popular genre. We talked about it and we're like, oh, let's do a cozy cat mystery, which if you're not like deep into the cozy mystery world, you might think that's a joke. But there's so many of them, different series, like some of them have a cat that talks. Sometimes the cat is the detective. Sometimes the cat is more of an accessory. Um, sometimes there's multiple. Sometimes it's a dog.
1: Sometimes uh, the cats are magical and assist in the crime solving. hmm. I don't know if there's anywhere the cats are the murderers. I'm not sure.
0: That'd be interesting. Well, that's warriors, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I actually despite my general um, you know, not caring for cats too much, um, I R- guess is I-
0: right here. You're so rude.
1: Well, you know, he's my <laughs> my my coworker cat. He knows that. Um <laughs> I uh, As a kid, when I was sick once, my mom brought me one of the uh, Cat Who books by Lillian Jackson Braun, just like, because it was like a fucking mass market dime store paperback that she picked up while she was out, because I read voraciously and I was stuck in bed. Um, And I was really into those for a while. I read every one that our library had. Um, And... It, it like, so when Renata was like, oh, like, let's read a, a cat mystery. I was like, oh, yeah, we could read one of those. And she was like, or we could read one of the five million other series that are out there. And I knew they were popular. But until I went to look up, because um, since I do audio, she had said, well, find whatever audio one you can find and then let me know what it is, because it'll be easier for me to get it. Um even going by only things that are available in audiobook, like, the number of choices was beyond my comprehension, despite knowing how popular this subgenre oh, is. Oh,
0: Dorte knows we're talking about cats. Get off the keyboard, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so if, I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably listened to other episodes, you probably know that I generally don't care for mysteries or murders of any sort, but I do like cats, so that's why this was sort of, I guess it's not exactly at the middle of our Venn diagram, but it's, like, something for us.
1: Yeah, it had something for everyone. Yeah, including Dorote. Um, because this is exactly, like, for a person whose favorite show as a child was Murder, She Wrote, In these trying times, this is exactly what I wanted to be reading. (laughs) (laughs) So, um,
0: this is, it's one, it's not the first one, it's somewhere in the series called the Second Chance Mystery Series. Um... (laughs) We picked it, I mean, based on availability, but then based on the title specifically. Because also, if you didn't know, I love the Fast and Furious movies. And by the way, we'll get into it. But I have a minor beef, which is this book has nothing to do with being fast or f- furious slash furriest. It's like clearly just a clever cat pun that she was like, I'm putting an asterisk by clever. It's a something cat pun. And was like, yeah, I'll call my book this. But, you know, it's not like... Mystery at the racetrack, or uh, whatever. It's, like, yeah, it's nothing. There's
1: there's no correlation between the title (laughs) and what happens in the book. Um, It would be more
0: more like um, the Fast and the... No. um, Maybe it's harder than I was giving her credit for. (laughs) The... The face scrub and the furriest. (laughs) That... Easily understood pun. I don't know. We'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should have uh, thought about this more before I started shit-talking it.
1: <laughs> uh, so this is, I think, the sixth or seventh book in this series, um, and they are about a woman named Sarah, who, after uh, she loses her job, she uh, goes to stay with her grandmother in this little town in Maine, where she used to spend- Called um, North Harbor. North Harbor, Maine. Uh, where she used to spend summers as a kid. Summers as a kid, yeah. So she has
0: all these kind of, like, connections. Like, when I would come here in the summer, like, this was the boy I flirted with, and this was the girl that was our neighbor. And by the way, this is this is what an out-of-touch, like, fantasy world this is. She got, Sarah got laid off from her job, and so it was like, I'll just go to Maine and buy a house and open
1: a store. What? She, what? What? <laughs> I mean, yes, but also, like, that is such a hallmark of these, where it's like, uh, (laughs) oh, like, I left the big city life to, you know, move to a small town and become a folksy business owner. No,
0: totally. But just that detail of, like, oh, well, I got fired, so this? Like, you didn't... I would... Because there's other people in this book who, like, have inheritances, but this kind of, like, oh, I'm down on my luck, so I'll just buy a house. Wild. Anyway.
1: (laughs) Um, So Sarah moved to this town. Um, She opened up a uh, sort of antique thrift store type amalgamation thing.
0: Yeah, she um, called it a combination of a secondhand store
1: and a thrift store. And I was like,
0: what's the difference? Those Uh, are, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, because like when I think of like a secondhand store or an antique store, I think of like nice higher end things you would pay good money for. And when I think of a thrift store, I think of like buying stuff like on the goodwill.
0: Keep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But her st- they don't take donations.
1: Anyway, whatever. We're, <laughs> we're in the weeds already. She runs the store in yes. Maine. Um and uh one night not long after returning to this town in Maine, uh she a cat jumped into her car and this cat is named El- she names him Elvis because he was found on Elvis night at this bar that she was at. And yeah, like,
0: the one bar in town where everyone goes and they have, like, a m- music night. Yes. yes.
1: And so she names him Elvis, and Elvis uh, can tell when people are lying. That doesn't actually come into play at all in this book.
0: <laughs> yes. It's incredibly, like, if you have a cat, if you have a lie detector cat and you're a detective, like, you put that cat in an adventure backpack, bring him everywhere. What the heck? She does kind of bring him everywhere, like, which is incredible, because he's... Um, the shop cat at the shop so he commutes with her between home and the shop and I just I mean that's my dream <laughs>
1: like everything about this is my dream
0: Every... that's the only
1: part about this is my dream
0: I only want my cat to commute with me
1: <laughs> especially like right now like the idea of being like oh yes I don't have to worry about money enough that I can run a small shop in a tourist town and and have, like, all these great friends and grandmas who hang out with me, and we all solve crimes together, and everyone's a good cook, and we drink tea 17 times a day. Like, yes, mm-hmm. bring it to me. Please. <laughs> I want it so badly. Uh, So, uh, as we said earlier, um, Sarah's grandmother used to live in this town, and... um, And
0: Parenthese still does.
1: Still does, but she's not in this book because she's on her honeymoon. And... Sarah lives in the same building it's a, a...
0: she she, ahem, she owns the house and yes. rents out it has three apartments in the house and she rents one out to her grandma Isabel who again not in the book but frequently mentioned and then the third apartment is rented to Rose who is one of grandma's friends yes. and one of Charlotte's angels
1: um, which is a group of grandmas uh, who live in this town who are all friends and are all like People who Sarah knew growing up, uh, who have who kind of created this, like, private eye business under the tutelage of uh, Mr. P, Alfred Peterson, who is a licensed PI and a hacker. And and the world's old oldest
0: hacker, she calls him.
1: What was that? She calls him the world's oldest hacker. Yes. Uh, and he is Rose's boyfriend and he rose is about to be certified to be a pi as well and they operate their little crime solving uh, operation out of the back room sun porch at second chance and everything about the setup is so good i just like the old people solving crimes and i just it was the only thing that could have made it better was more gay people there's one passing reference to a gay couple who are clients of hers and that is it Uh, i will say
0: though that i was sort of because this book twice it does this reveal where there's a girl with a a typical boy name and um and then there's this reveal where sarah like assumed that stevie was a boy and then later assumed that charlie was a boy but they're both girls like i almost was expecting her to be like oh you thought they were gay actually dave's a woman also but they never come back so i don't know Also, I don't remember specifically if one of them was named Dave, but they were two, like, you know, masculine names that were a couple who owned the B&B, which I'm sure there has been a mystery at that B&B. There hasn't?
1: I looked. What? Because the discussion is about how the B&B is haunted. And I was like, oh, my God, that is exactly what I want (sighs) is the gay B&B ghost mystery of this series. But the series is still in progress. So I'm sure there is going to be one there eventually. Mm, Better be.
0: Yeah, I would say um, I would like this more if it had more cats
1: (laughs) and less murders. (laughs) Uh, So the book starts with this woman named Erin who shows up at the shop Mm -hmm. and uh, she has shown up looking for Mac, who is uh, Sarah's kind of handyman. Right hand man at the shop. Uh, he lives out back and does a lot of work with her, and they have like kind of a flirtation thing going on. But she doesn't know much about his past. And Aaron says, "Like, oh yeah, I'm looking for Mac. I'm a friend of his wife. His wife." And Sarah immediately is like, "Wife? Okay." Uh, and that Mac's not there, so she says, "Okay, well, um tell him to call me. Here's my cell phone number. I'm staying in town." Uh, tell him that I believe him now and Sarah's like fucking okay whatever and she leaves and Mac eventually shows up and explains to her like oh yes I do have a wife she's in a coma uh someone tried to kill her through this elaborate like tampering with the heating and cooling system in this house we were renovating and her parents thought that it was me And they sued me for uh, the ability to take control of her hospital care. And in the end, I just let them have it because they had way more money than me. And I knew that they also had her best intentions at heart. So it was probably better to just let them take care of her. And, you know, this this was what would be best for her. And then I came here to be sad. Uh, And, And, you know, what
0: happened? His wife's name is Layla. It still is Layla. She's not dead. Um, she's... There was a carbon monoxide leak in this house that they were renovating. And the way that this setup is described, it goes into so much detail, like exhausting amount of detail of, well, it was this old house and we were renovating it. And so she was sleeping in the basement because of the the construction was bothering her. But I slept upstairs because I go home late and I don't want to wake her up and da-da-da-da-da. And so... And, um and the reason that they didn't think it was just an accident cuz like carbon monoxide leaks happen you know is that like they there weren't any fingerprints on the hvac so they thought somebody wiped it off and then there's this extremely elaborate trust fund situation that Layla is in that has all these like choose your own adventure like steps they get activated at different points in her life and it's and there's there's money involved in a weirdly complicated way, basically. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's not none of it is really that important. It's just kind of background noise. Yeah. You just need to know that there is a trust fund that Layla was a part of and uh, she and her cousin were set to inherit from it. Uh, and it was the, it was her aunt's trust fund.
0: Right. Well, there's this kind of thing of, like, well, if she actually dies, then it wouldn't go to Mac, but since she's still alive and it's, like, in his family, like, the sort of, like, domino effect of, like, why, theoretically, Mac might not want to murder his wife, but prefer to keep her in a coma if he were, like, out for the money. Anyway, that's Layla. She's in a coma the whole book.
1: Um, Yeah, so Layla's in a coma, and he explains all of that to... Um, Sarah, and she is very sympathetic. Uh, and then while they're having this conversation, there's a knock at Sarah's door. And By the way,
0: also though, while they're having this conversation is the one time when Elvis uses his cat lie detector powers and is like, Yeah, Mac's not lying, he didn't kill his wife.
1: Uh so while while they're having this conversation, Michelle uh knocks on Sarah's door, and Michelle is a police detective who was Sarah's best friend when they were teenagers and they had a huge friend's breakup uh, and then started to work things out once Sarah moved back to town. And now that she's a police detective and now that Sarah is involved with these old people who solve crimes, they've crossed paths several times. And um, Michelle is at her house to reveal that uh, Aaron was found murdered uh, and she had Mac's information on her and there is a witness who claims that he saw Mac with her before she died. Uh, So obviously like they immediately know that Mac didn't have anything to do with it and all of the old ladies uh, and Mr. Pierre, like we're gonna like take on this case because Mac is our friend too and we want to prove that he didn't do it. So they find out a little bit more about Layla and about this trust fund um, and about Layla's family. Um, She had a half sister from a father's affair named Natalie, uh, and Natalie was shunned as like a, a black sheep and this like dirty little secret for a long time. But then when Layla found out about her, she welcomed her into the family and made everybody like treat her as if she were a full member of the family. Uh, and then she and Layla together, Natalie and Layla, started a, like, spa products company. Yeah. Uh, like, not cosmetics, fa- facial care, I guess. Skin care. Skin care. That's the word. <laughs> Skin care company um, using, and- like, all natural products. And... Such
0: so as seaweed and sea salt And we'll get into this, but this is another thing the book does a lot is where Sophie Ryan clearly just like has her wiki tab open for like seaweed and is like paste all information about seaweed and seaweed and sea salt are two things we learn about. But also like Pluto, the not planet anymore and Japanese art and just, you know, frequently we'll get these sort of like paragraph long, at least info dumps about whatever topic is at hand.
1: None of this bothered me. (laughs) All of these interruptions that Renata keeps doing to talk about things that happened that she didn't like, none of it bothered me, but I am, like, way more into this sort of thing than she is, so I feel like that's fine.
0: I mean, I I didn't hate the book, and I didn't, like, hate the seesaw interruptions, but it was fucking weird.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's because I was listening to it. Like, it didn't feel out of place for me, like, especially the Pluto one. Which was just like, she was like, what are some facts that you know? Because they're going to a trivia competition. And she sort of rattles this stuff off about Pluto and planets. And it didn't like feel particularly out of place to me. But I was also listening to it. So that might have something to do with it.
0: But also, Kate, they're not going to Trivia Night. They're going to an event that's described as a kind of trivia slash Pictionary contest, which is never described in detail. And I really want to know <laughs> what is Trivia Pictionary and how do I play it? <laughs>
1: So, back to the plot. No. Um, so, we, we learn all this stuff that's going on with Layla, um, and uh, we learn that the other person who is in this trust with her is her cousin Stevie, um, and they decide that, like, these are the people who they are going to start investigating to see if they, you know, because they would have profited from Layla's death, both Natalie Um, the half sister because they find out that the company um, was in the midst of a lawsuit because people were finding that their products did not actually contain the organic sea salt and seaweed that they claimed they did. And, um, and that mostly happened like right before Layla's death and then came to light more after her death. So Layla never knew about it. Uh, And then of course, Stevie, Is the other person on the trust fund and, you know, given the chance she would inherit the bulk of the trust fund if Layla were to die. So they make this whole plan to investigate these various different people. And during all of this, um, Nick, who is Layla's like and here's this is this is the one thing that did uh, annoy me is I feel like this is the same in all of the books where there's like the one in all of these series, rather, where there's one love interest who is there like from the start, and then occasionally more interesting people cycle through. Mm -hmm. I was really rooting for Sarah and Mac throughout all of this. And then we meet Nick, who was her childhood crush, who is Charlotte's son. uh, And all of the grandmas are conspiring to get them together and the timing just is never right. And I I did not care for Nick. He was annoying. Uh, and he mm-hmm. shows up and um, essentially, like, tells Sarah, like, don't trust Mac. And, you know, who knows what he was involved in. And also, P.S., I was the witness. And Mac is black, I should mention. And I think no one else in this book is <laughs> except for Layla's family. And... Uh, Sarah's like, are you sure you're not racially profiling him? Because it was dark and the person you say you saw was wearing a hoodie? Like, and he's the only black guy in town? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, Nick's like, I can't believe that you would ever accuse me of that. Like, I didn't see skin at all. I just saw someone who was of Mac's general build. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But
0: he, he heard Aaron call him Mac. He heard Aaron say
1: Mac. Right. So... They go to, at this point, I believe, visit Stevie and her partner Davis, who when I was first listening to this, I thought that it said that her partner's name was Mavis. And I was like, holy shit, are we going to get a lesbian subplot? And we did not. It was Davis. Mm-hmm. He is a boy. And they are like these big organic food, hippie, dippy, whole foodsy bullshit couple
0: they're trying to launch an apple slash pear butter line
1: they're big into like organics they built their whole house using like
0: reclaimed materials and it's like solar powered and you know all all, any kind of like eco-friendly green housing thing which again to me definitely felt like sophie ryan was like google green housing paste this is what their house is
1: Yeah, and uh Stevie was claimed that she was at a workshop for hydroponic gardening. Um the time at the time that Layla was killed, so she couldn't have done it. Uh and they all like when they first meet her, they're all kinda like, Well, like, we really like her and she seems really nice, but also we think she's lying. So they decide to go dig into her alibi. uh, And during this time, Mac's former best friend, Jackson, shows up at the store and tries to talk to Mac and Mac uh, blows him off entirely. And he leaves Sarah with his information to get in touch with him if Mac were to change his mind. Uh, And Mac explains that like he and Jackson used to be best friends, but then when this big thing with Layla happened, he sided with Layla's parents and thought that Mac was responsible for it. And obviously that was very upsetting for Mac and he ended their friendship. And now Jackson, much like Aaron, claims that he now believes that Mac had nothing to do with it and that he wants to make amends. And he's a lawyer. So he's like, oh, like, I can represent you if you're getting charged with this or something. Um, but Mac already has a lawyer who is another recurring character named Josh, who is another friend of St- of Sarah's from when she was young.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, and seems to be another sort of love interest in the mix in that kind of like compulsory heterosexual way where like every man who's about the same age as her seems like a potential love interest.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't particularly remember any of those vibes that I got from him, but again, I was listening to it, and I am sometimes immune to those. Totally. I mean, I'm not saying, like, I shipped them, but it was like, oh,
0: and, like, we've been so close since we were childhood, and, like, I knew I could always count on jo- You know, like, just that kind of thing that in any given book could easily at any point pivot to a romance, but doesn't. Anyway, it's fine. He's Josh.
1: Yes. Um... So they find out that um, Stevie was not at the conference that she claimed she was because they can check the card swipes from the convention center. And they see that during the time that Layla was almost killed, uh, Stevie did not swipe into the conference. And when they confront her with that, she explains that she was on a secret junk food binge and had gone to a diner and had eaten like ice cream sundays and garbage food and okay
0: and i just i want to dig into this because it's described as an ice cream sundae with three kinds of ice cream but also multiple pop tarts in it which i'm not at all trying to food shame but that just seems difficult to eat like it, it seems that they are whole pop tarts you know i could see maybe a pop tart crumble
1: It reminded me of, like, the, what is the, the Boston Burger Company? Yes. That has those wild shakes.
0: Yes. Yeah, it was very, like, diners, dives, what, diners? Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yes, thank you. Um, It was very triple D. And, (laughs) um, (laughs) but also, she's, like. Oh, I I had to keep the secret because I'd ruin my brand. But also I took multiple photographs of me with this food and with a clock in the
1: background. (laughs) Yes. The (laughs) detail that the clock was in the background (laughs) made me laugh so hard <laughs> so like what wh- why why did you take so many
0: pictures of your shame food <laughs> like i'm i get it like that sounds like a very instagramable sunday if i ate something with that many pop tarts and i'd be like hell yeah put it in my insta but if she's explicitly not doing that what are these for <laughs> except for her alibi
1: <laughs> it was
0: it was very funny and then also, and then Mr. P is like, "Oh yes, I believe her because when we met with her before, she obviously had cheeto dust in her hands."
1: Yes, that also happens. It is pretty good.
0: <laughs> wash your hands. I mean, this, clearly this is a pre-coronavirus book, but like, wash your hands, man.
1: <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Um, So while they're digging into her alibi, they also find out that like her lifestyle brand is super struggling um, and that like their house is mortgaged to try to pay for this. Uh, So even though she couldn't have done it, they think, oh, well, what about her partner, Davis, who also could benefit from the money if it were to all go to Stevie? Um, So they start to look into him and while they've kind of like made this they're making this progress um michelle the uh detective shows up in her like street clothes so it's very clear that she's not like on the clock and she gives sarah a heads up previously she had met with sarah and had said like look like i don't think that mac did it i don't think he's a murderer like i think Clearly, like, if she had his information on him, he's involved with this somehow. But I don't think that he was a murderer. And, like, as much as I hate your uh, Charlotte's Angels nosing into things, like, I believe you and I also, like, don't want him to go to jail. So then when she shows up later, she's like, "Uh, so Mac is going to jail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They have decided that they are going to charge him with Aaron's murder. Uh, And they have taken her off the case because she's too close to it. But luckily, they have replaced her with a cop that everyone trusts to do the right thing, who won't just go half cocked into this and who doesn't think that like one vague eyewitness description is enough to try this case. Um, So they're able to get Mac out on bail like immediately because one of the old ladies, Liz, is super rich Mm -hmm. And just immediately is able to bail him out so that he can come back to work and to join the investigation. And like the entire town shows up for his bail hearing to show like support for him, which is a weird choice.
0: I know. I feel like if I were, I I wouldn't want people to come watch that. I feel it. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I felt the same way. Like if I'm, even if you believe that I'm innocent, like... It is definitely awkward to, like, be standing in front of literally everyone I know in town while I'm being charged with murder.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, just don't look at me. Um, I don't know. Uh, By the way, also, just imagine living in a town where with, like, multiple good police officers and, like, full of helpful rich
1: ladies. I'm telling you, it's this fantasy. I, I need this place. I need this life right now um so um by the
0: way one uh critical little detail that i'm not sure that we've mentioned is that also a like antiques roadshow type of reality show has been filming in town periodically yes and Um, sometimes they will like block the driveway and be a, a minor inconvenience to sarah and her
1: business yes um and also among the various people who Uh, side characters in this story is avery who is a teenager uh who is liz's granddaughter and she works at the shop um along with charlotte and sarah and mac and everybody um which Sarah's a real business like she's an employer yeah she she is she is you know an important small business in this community Um, which I bring her up to mention that while they're all after they get Mac out of jail, they're all kind of spitballing what could possibly have caused this. Like, it clearly has to have something to do with Layla, because Layla is the only connection between Aaron and Mac. And because she had said, like, I believe you now. And Avery mentions, like, well, if she said that she believes him now, what is the thing that changed her mind? Because maybe that's the motive for murdering her. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, gasp. Thank God this teenager is here to figure this out for us. We could not have come to that conclusion on our own. Sincerely. So they, they put part of their focus on figuring out what it was that changed Aaron's mind. What's changed about Layla's case that has made her suddenly believe him, believe Mac, because they think that might be the key to solving it. So they continue to investigate Davis, and he's just bad at, like, business and being a human and being a boyfriend and everything. He's just, like, a shithead.
0: Yeah, like, they track down the conference
1: organizer
0: and are like, oh, you're friends with him, right? Did you maybe let him leave the conference early, but, like, say that he was still scanned in? And he's like, oh, yeah, I just figured he was cheating on his girlfriend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, So they're like, "Ah, shit, he could have done it. Um, And then they find out that he had talked to her, talked to Layla, that is. uh, But he claims that like it was before anything happened to her and he had nothing to do with it. And they're like, well, it's really weird that you're in our town now Um, because they had seen him one of the days that they were watching the film crews. He was blocking their driveway and he said the F word to them. And it was very upsetting to these little old ladies. Yes, he
0: suggested that they go F themselves, (laughs) if you can imagine.
1: (laughs) They're like, well, and it's weird that like Aaron comes to town and you're in this town now. And he's like, well, it's because we're like poor now because we poured all our money into our fancy house and our lifestyle brand. And it's not taking off, so I was hoping to come up with a deal with these TV people so that we could, like, launch a reality show based on our apple butter. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Apple slash pear butter. Yes. I, please do not disrespect the pear butter.
1: <laughs> and they're like, well, what about the night that, like, Layla or that Erin was killed? And he's like, oh, I was sleeping with someone who wasn't my wife, and I took a lot of pictures of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so around this time, they decide to investigate also, um, Natalie, the the half sister, um, about like the shady dealing that she's been doing. So they go out to this like salt field mm-hmm. where she gets her discount salt from, uh, to like kind of stage a sting operation where when she's coming to pick up her cheap salt, they'll be there already because they've set this up with the owner of the salt operation. Wow. Um and she explains that like she didn't kill Layla because she was in court because of this lawsuit. <laughs> so she couldn't yeah, have Because she was being sued over her inferior skincare products. Yes. Um and she had made like a secret deal with the FDA, um, so that it wouldn't be public what yeah, had happened. Yeah, to like,
0: to like settle out of court, basically, and yeah. and kind of shut down the business, basically.
1: Yeah, so Layla didn't know this was going on, theoretically, and so she was in the secret court thing, and she couldn't have done it, And but she wasn't with jackson who was her lawyer because he had something else he was in court vaguely so she was there with a different lawyer from his law firm and sh- you know you could call and confirm that she was there and they do and she was so they know she didn't do it Um, they also start to go through all of the things in her purse because they think like oh maybe she had something to show mac because why would she show up in person if she could just tell him over the phone, like, why she thinks that Layla, he, that he didn't kill Layla, like, what the evidence was that turned it around for her. And they find this, like, little ceramic bird that she is carrying that Mac identifies as something that Layla a had. that suke.
0: Previously, we'd gotten a little info dump about Japanese art. And netsuke are small, Japanese carved animals that are often in pairs. Yes. Um, Not like pear butter.
1: Like, there's two of them. (laughs) So Sarah goes on a date out with Jackson. He asks her out, and she, like, goes for it. And they get along really well, and he asks her out again, and she's like, oh, I've got, like, business to do, but maybe I'll... I'll I'll take you up on it when I get back into town.
0: and yeah, and he's
1: very like, "What about breakfast? What about if you can't do
0: dinner? What about dessert? And he's like very persistent, but he's hot, so it's okay. Yes. And
1: while before going out to dinner with him, she stops by the office where Mr. P is working. And they look at, like, these millions of pictures that Davis, the bad boyfriend, took with the woman he was cheating on Stevie with. Mm -hmm. And among those pictures is also, and this is the weirdest part of the book to me, a selfie that he took in the lawyer's office the day that Layla died of him, like, holding his personal copy of the trust that he wasn't supposed to have access to. But, like, Stevie was like, oh, like, you can give him like all the the full document or whatever. So he like took a selfie of himself in Jackson's office with his copy of the trust. And in the background of the selfie is the matching little bird that Aaron had that had belonged to Layla. And because like they were that particular type of bird has this like romantic connotation, they put together that like Jackson was the killer. And previously Jackson had said something like, oh, like everyone's a little I was of course I was a little bit in love with Layla. All men who met Layla were a little bit in love with her, you know, but she married my best friend and that was that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or was it? Yes. Yes. Uh, Mm. so Sarah does go on this date with Jackson and then reveals to him afterwards that she knew that he had an affair with Layla and then Max steps out of the shadows because they were entrapping him and he admits to having the affair with Layla and giving her the bird as like a symbol of their fidelity (laughs) and love for each other but it turns out Layla only it's
0: it's funnier if you call it giving her the bird but He doesn't use that phrase. I just want to point that out. It's it's technically a dog.
1: And he thought they had this great love affair, but really they just slept together once and she was immediately consumed with guilt afterwards because she was married to someone else. And the entire time that he's explaining how like Mac ruined this because he brainwashed her into having marriage vows that she respected. (laughs) Yeah. He keeps repeatedly saying, like, Mac poisoned her against me, and against having an extramarital affair, Mac's love for her poisoned her, because then she felt guilty for sleeping with someone else?
0: Yes. I think also, in general, the family felt that Mac sort of poisoned her by being, like, less materialistic and less into, like, all the rich people trappings of of it all yeah by the way the reason that sarah was able to draw this conclusion or like the pieces that she put together involves visiting a friend of her dad's who works at the elvis bar who has a statue on his desk of the speak no evil monkey and he joked that his her dad gave it to him um after they patched up an argument just as a reminder to like speak no evil and like blah 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 and it's this whole thing and this I guess this is probably like what the genre in general is like but it's so strung together and these like strange little like nuggets of art history slash character development that don't really seem like they would come up organically but here
1: yeah, they are <laughs> that that's kind of just how mystery serial mysteries in general work you know, like like sure. crime procedurals, too, you know, like Dr. Reed is reading a book and realizes that this concept that's in the book is actually the key to solving the serial murder that they're trying to uh, whatever there was we were watching a Crim Minds last night where Prentice is making fun of Reed because he's like, "Oh, I didn't do anything with my life because I'm in the f b i and all the other child prodigies own like Fortune Five hundred companies." And so she, like, grabs this paper that he's working on and scribbles all over it to be like, oh, look, your work is so bad. I'm fixing it. And through her scribbles, (laughs) he actually solves the cipher, (laughs) which was just very funny to me. Anyway, that had nothing to do with this.
0: And we're just unpacking how mysteries work, I guess, which, which I'm still struggling with.
1: Um so jackson reveals all this stuff and then he's like "No, i'm gonna murder you guys too but during their walk on the pier mr p bumped into them and he pickpocketed uh Jackson, jackson so jackson can't actually kill them and then the police are there and they arrest him
0: yep and then mac tries to quit the second chance store because he needs to go sort his life out and sarah's like i don't accept your resignation but you can have unlimited time off which again this town rules um and then uh her grandma comes back into town and then that's like the end
1: of the book yes um yeah so it was it was fun it was a good thing to be reading for me personally my thoughts are you know, like I said, like this is the sort of thing that I read for comfort, the sort of thing that I watch for comfort. Um, so, having this be what I listened to this past week in particular was incredibly helpful to my mental health. Um, to just be like, ah, oh, yeah, like a mystery, and I like everyone involved in it, and there could be more gay people, but otherwise you know there's no egregious homophobia and racism the way they are in some of these older cozy mysteries I
0: was gonna say like, yeah I mean this is and this isn't that old by the way it's from 2018 I, yeah, I know yeah. you, that you meant but um, uh, um, it was inoffensive I yeah I think I just you know I just don't like this kind of thing and yes. I think if you like this kind of thing is it's good it's fine there's yeah. a cat in it that's great
1: Love totally understandable Um, Next time we do a solo episode, we can do something in a genre that you like, but with something that I like in it. Bunnies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, um, my, I really just can't get over the, the basic, the basic core premise of a murder mystery, which is the murder. And, um, (laughs) I mean, truly, like, it sets up, like, Aaron seemed nice and she was violently murdered and there's this whole like sweet little town where everyone's like but someone was violently murdered on the dock like three days ago and I I can't get over it and I know that's I know that's the whole thing of it, and that's the whole thing of all these cozy series, is they just have to keep, like, bringing in these tangential characters who you kind of like, so you're a little bit upset when they die, but obviously not devastated, because no, like, you gotta move on with the book. But I'm still hung up on, like,
1: she is dead, though. Which I love about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we saw Knives Out, and you walked out, and you were like, but the grandpa seems so nice. <laughs> he did! He did, and he's dead. <laughs> um and just just to be clear um like and 100 i respect that renata like obviously this is not your jam and this is not something that you appreciate in a narrative but just to be clear to our listening audience this is the tamest version of this like you meet erin for literally three pages she is murdered off screen it is not described in detail they do
0: say she was smothered though, and they take like one sentence to meditate on like what a violent death that is. And then they're like, anyway, like, what if we planted plants in these teacups?? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is, you know, it, it is it is a hard hurdle to jump over if you are reading a mystery. It's, like, it's such, like, the cozy murder mystery. It's such a wild
0: thing to me, and I can't get over it. Like, I don't know. And it's so common. Like, I know that... I know that I am in a very small minority here, because there's so fucking many of these. But, like, I sort of... I, I get even... I feel like I understand more, like, the gritty murder mystery. Like, if you're gonna dig into, like, the dark side or, like, whatever. Like, okay, let's get into it, Jack the Ripper. But this, I'm like people are dying in your town. (laughs) People are dying all the time, but also
1: antiques? I don't... (laughs) Um, uh, so Christine, friend of the show Christine, our Nora Roberts patron saint, um, she... I don't know if it was her and my cousin or if it was just her Watched like all of Murder She Wrote when it was streaming um, on Netflix and came up with an elaborate theory about how Jessica Fletcher is actually the murderer. And that is why so many murders keep happening wherever she is. I mean, (laughs) which is like, if you think about it, Murder She Wrote ran for like 100 years and Cabot Cove, Maine, the small town where she lived, uh, probably by the end of it, like if they're doing a murder a week for let me look up and now I need to know how long murder she wrote aired. Sorry, Becca.
0: This is like um in the Riverdale spin-off Katie Keane, uh they Josie from Josie and the Pussycats has moved to New York City, and her roommates kind of cautioned her about like you're in the big city, and she's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I'm from Riverdale. It's the murder capital of the world." I'm like, you know what? It probably is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, now that now that Cabot's Cove is no longer active, it's probably Riverdale. <laughs>
1: um. So Cabot Cove, the show ran for twelve years, I think. In the second half of the series like in the last couple seasons i think she moves to new york but still if you're looking at that as like 22 episode seasons that's like hundreds of deaths hundreds hundreds of deaths in this small (laughs) town because sometimes more than one person would be murdered in an episode oh my god
0: so bloodthirsty
1: yeah and consistently in like the top 10 show top, top 10 shows in any given season. There were like a bunch of movies. There was a crossover with Magnum P.I. I I mean, there's books. They're still putting out tie-in books. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. Tom Bosley was only in 19 episodes. That is wild to me. I remember him being in so many. That's just like wow. Anyway. (laughs) Alright.
0: So that's that's this book,
1: yeah if you if you like this sort of thing and you've never heard of this one before, it is relatively inoffensive. it is not um you know egregiously homophobic or misogynistic or racist. Uh, obviously like race comes up a little bit when they're talking about Mac um the Nick noticing Mac oh um the reason why Erin said Mac when she was being killed by Jackson is because she was like explaining that she knew that Mac didn't do it, but she said his name out loud. So Nick heard the word Mac and assumed that that's who she was talking to. Yeah. Uh, If that wasn't clear, but um, you know, there's a, there's a couple mentions of race around that. Um, like I said, like, there's, you know, Renata pointed out there's a couple, like, bait and switch of, like, oh, like, it's a man's name, but really it's a woman's sort of nonsense.
0: Um, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's, like, it's no. not even, like, no. you know, no. it's it it's just chill. was funny that multiple times Sarah, the detective, is like, oh, Cart, like charlie a man and like the way that it was called that was so like weirdly um done but not in a way that i think it was like transphobic or anything just like yeah yeah why are we doing this
1: yeah it was it was just stupid um, you know but it, it's relatively chill um and... except for the
0: except for the murders
1: though <laughs> <laughs> content warning for murder <laughs> If you didn't know, the murder (laughs) mystery that we're reading does include a murder. And and an attempted murder
0: resulting in a coma, which, grim. All right.
1: Uh, Should we get into our dramatic readings, though? Sure. Um, So I'm going to read a bit from the very beginning uh, that kind of uh, introduces the concept of Charlotte's Angels. This P.I operation that is uh working out of the second chance store
0: and this this whole thing has big first chapter of a babysitter's club vibes yes of second chapter I, of a babysitter's club book for, yes thank you um first chapter of this book of uh just you i feel like you pick up any one of these second chance novels and you're gonna find almost word for word
1: this section is my hunch yes all right I took another bite of my sandwich elvis was the only guy in my life at the moment which is also fine by me i said aloud he turned to look at me and almost looked a bit puzzled it's okay with me that you're the only guy in my life i said by way of explanation in case his confusion was from what i'd said you know what liz says a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle it was hard not to miss the irony in hearing liz say those words Elizabeth Emerson Kylie French had been married and widowed twice, and everyone who met her was charmed by her, unless they made the mistake of getting on her bad side. She was smart, beautiful, and tart tongued. Men, even those a lot younger than she was, tended to lose their ability to think straight around her. Liz was one of my grandmother's oldest friends. She, along with Charlotte Elliott and Rose Jackson, were sort of my fairy godmothers. They spoiled me a lot, nagged on me on occasion, and weren't shy about sharing their opinion on whatever was happening in my life. I'd suggested once that Liz should learn the words to bippity bobbity boo, the fairy godmother's song from the Disney version of Cinderella. Liz hadn't been shy about telling me what she thought about that idea. Rose and Charlotte both worked part time for me at Second Chance. The rest of their time was spent working at their detective agency charlotte's angels along with rose's gentleman friend alfred peterson quite likely the world's oldest computer hacker mr p had met all the requirements for becoming a licensed private investigator set out by the state of maine for the past several months rose had been working as his apprentice cases just seemed to fall into their lap their first investigation had started when their friend maddie hamilton was arrested for murder the Angels' most recent case had begun to unwind after Rose had gone to make a very unauthorized delivery to a customer and seen a body that subsequently disappeared. The Angels didn't have a case at the moment, and I was hoping that I was hoping it stayed that way for a while. Because when Rose and her cohorts were investigating, I always ended up being pulled into things, no matter how vehemently I swore it wasn't going to happen this time. Ah, uh, typical
0: Charlotte's Angels. <laughs> Um, Our next dramatic reading is from when Stevie is revealing her bonkers junk food alibi. And uh, Kate will be Sarah, who's the narrator, and I'll be both Mr. P and Stevie. Try not to get too confused. And... Okay. Okay, so Stevie says, I heard from a couple of friends, Alfred. They said you'd been in touch to check out my alibi. So now you know I had nothing to do with what happened to Layla. Mr. P says, On the contrary, now I'm a little suspicious because I know you lied about where you were. I know you swiped out of the
1: conference center much earlier than you said you did. His voice was as even and non-confrontational as it would have been if he were at McNamara's putting in a sandwich order. Stevie pressed a palm to her forehead. Big brother is always
0: watching. I didn't do anything to Layla. I would never hurt her. Telling the truth would go a long way toward making that seem credible, Mr.
1: P said. Stevie gave an almost imperceptible nod. Fine. She reached for her smartphone. I thought this might
0: happen. I'm emailing you some photos. They're time-stamped. There's probably some way to show they haven't been faked because they haven't been. I don't know how to do that kind of stuff.
1: It was only seconds before we heard the ping of an arriving message. Mr. P opened his email. There were four photos attached. They were all of Stevie in a 50-style diner. She seemed to be eating some kind of sundae. Are those Pop-Tarts in that dish? Rose asked, leaning closer to the screen to get a better look at the pictures. Stevie hung her head.
0: Yes, and three kinds of ice cream, plus strawberry sauce and whipped cream. Where on earth were you? Stevie actually smiled. This little place that serves the most amazing junk food I've ever had. Why did you lie? It appears that you have a perfectly good alibi, so why pretend to be somewhere you weren't, Mr. P said. You have to understand that Davis and I are this close to signing a deal to see our organic apple butter and pear butter in a major, high-end department store chain.
1: She held up her right thumb and index finger about a half an inch apart.
0: But part of the deal is our image as an all-organic, healthy-eating couple, not someone who scarfs down Pop-Tarts and whipped cream from a can. I couldn't take the chance. No, I wasn't at the seminar all evening, but I wasn't killing Layla, either. All I was doing was gumming up my arteries and sending my cholesterol levels through
1: the roof. Mr. Peace smiled and took off his glasses, pulling a small gray cloth out of his gold shirt to clean them.
0: As long as these photos check out, I don't see any reason why we need to share your affection for whipped cream in a can. Rose leaned into the frame again although I would like to suggest you try making your own whipped cream with the addition of a pinch of sea salt and a tiny bit of vanilla bean paste. All right. All right. And uh, last up, I'm just going to give you a a little info dump about salt. Because I bet you were wondering about salt. I need a change of conversation. Tell me a little more about this salt works. It's quite simple really rose said shifting into teacher mode you know that they collect water from the ocean even in the winter time i asked no liz commented from the back seat the sun isn't strong enough for the evaporation process during the winter the salt houses are in operation from about the middle of march through october they don't use any anti-caking chemicals and they don't remove any of the trace minerals In other words, the salt is just the way Mother Nature made it. Rose turned to look at Liz and nodded. That's right. Okay, I get that part, I said. I'm guessing the sea salt is more expensive because of the quality and because the entire process is pretty labor-intensive. That's likely why Natalie was looking for a less expensive alternative, Rose said. So what did she find? Table salt? A cynical snort came from the seat behind me. More like road salt," Liz said. My gaze darted to Rose again. Seriously, the same stuff they put on roads when it's icy? Essentially, no wonder she was being investigated. In her defense, Alfred thinks that Natalie didn't realize she was buying road salt. She may have believed that she'd just been getting a slightly lesser quality salt without the trace chemicals. That's that's all I care to say about salt at this time. <laughs> <laughs> um It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Let's let's play some Would You Rather? Sounds good. Would you rather use a Dumare skin product or a goop jade egg? Which if you're not as present on the internet you might not know that those are the eggs that Gwyneth Paltrow thinks you should put in your vagina, even though multiple doctors have said don't do that thing.
1: Um, obviously, this is tough. I think it's, it's especially hard for me because I have such terribly sensitive skin that using regular non-Road salt skin products makes my skin break out. Um, but I do think that any topical issues with my skin would probably less dangerous than any internal issues from sticking a piece of rock up my vagina. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Dumaire skin product.
0: Same, um, you know I've got enough Korean sheet masks in my house right now that I could do one every day for like months. I'll I'll get that salt problem cleared up eventually with <laughs> with cute animal faces. <laughs> um, all right, how about would you rather let Elvis the cat reveal your secrets or let Duarte the cat review your book?
1: Um, gosh, my book doesn't have any cats in it. So I feel like I'd get a really rough review from yeah, Duarte. That
0: is his main criteria.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are no no cats in it. I mean, there's no dogs either, but um, I, you know, I think for the sake of my friendship and uh, working relationship with Duarte, I'd rather have Elvis the cat reveal my secrets because I don't have that many secrets. I can't even think of any particularly good secrets right now anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So that I feel like would have a less a less uh, disadvantageous effect on my uh, relationships, because I do want to nurture the relationship that I forged with Duarte. Mm-hmm. So I hope you understand, Duarte, why I'm choosing Elvis over you.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's so busy. He has so much to read anyway. I think he's probably all right with that. Um, I, uh, you know, Duarte is so, um, he reviews all of my life choices at all times anyway, so I think that I will go and let Elvis reveal my secrets, because I also don't really have any, although that is what someone with no secrets would say, probably, (laughs) Um, but just because... I, w- I would like to pet all of the cats. I would want to pet every cat, and so I have not petted Elvis the cat before, so I would like to go and do that. All right. while, I'm, while I'm there, I might pick up a, a teacup planter or something, too, I guess. <laughs> all right, so um, let's move on to Reader's Advisory, where we'll suggest some things to read instead of, or in addition to, The Fast and the Furriest. Um. And I- I mean, um, I, I think, well, we've just been saying all along that if you are into cozy mysteries, you go ahead and read this one. It's fine.
1: Yes. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, there are a 100 million different cat cozy mystery series. If this one, if a second hand store doesn't sound like it's your jam, uh, if a library sounds better, there's three or four library based ones um there are there's at least one I saw based at a school there's uh, a witch sh- one yeah there are a lot so you can probably find one that is more to your taste if this is not your jam um, but cozy cat mysteries are in general and uh, I also of course mentioned Murder She Wrote which is you know the ultimate cozy mystery television show and i'm gonna throw uh miss fisher's murder mysteries up there too as another vaguely cozy murder mystery show
0: Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna throw out there's a there's a moment where jackson the murderer is you know mad at being caught by women and so he kind of snidely says to sarah did you read a lot of sherlock holmes books when you grew up and she's like no, I read Trixie Belden books. So um, Trixie Belden, Vintage Lady Detective. If you want to check that out, uh, I'm just gonna toss out a couple less murdery options for if if this isn't your cup of tea or your teacup planter full of plant. <laughs> um, at- well, I've been staying home, I've been watching The Golden Girls from the beginning, which, you know, I'd seen The Golden Girls sporadically, but I never sat down to watch it, like, start to finish. Uh, obviously, delightful. Great. Uh, if you want to hear old ladies bantering, but more about how horny they are and less about how all their friends keep getting murdered, check out The Golden Girls. Um, also, if you were disappointed by the lack of Fast and Furious content in this book, I don't know. Just watch the Fast and the Furious. All of them. They're all great. People do die in them sometimes, but it's, uh, it's less upsetting somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Mostly because they do keep coming back from the dead. Actually, are they dead? I don't know. Probably not. Probably no one's dead. Uh, Fast and the Furious. Um, yeah, and we'll link. There's a couple like articles that are like roundups of all the cat cozies. So you could check those out. Yeah. Um, we'll have that up on our website, worstbestsellers.com, and uh, we'll move on to our candy pairing.
1: Uh, my candy pairing for this book is just a cup of tea. Um, they are constantly drinking tea in this book. And I have been constantly drinking tea during my uh, social distancing, quarantine, shelter-in-place. <laughs> uh, so it was a, a good, a good book to be reading, and a pairing that happened uh, throughout my reading process.
0: Uh, mine is like Annie's organic fruit snacks because, um, you know, they're fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spit out an Annie's fruit snack, but they're like not my favorite, and also the box on every Annie's product has their kind of whole backstory about how they founded the company and their rabbit's name was Annie and like blah 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 and that's sort of how I felt about this book maybe giving me a little bit more information than I actually wanted when I'm just trying to like eat my fruit rabbits all right so we're going to move on to the rock paper snicked which is traditionally the game where Kate says who Dwayne the Rock Johnson would be if here he in this book, and I say who Wolverine would be if here he in this book, and our guest normally picks which is better or paper, which is to leave the book as is. Uh, Duarte doesn't actually really have an opinion about that, so we're we're going for a more collaborative collaborative round of this game. So we're gonna say that um Wolverine and the Rock have recently married each other and they've gone on their honeymoon to North Harbor,
1: Maine. And uh, while they're there, they're doing some sightseeing. Uh, They look in at the Second Chance store and make some purchases of teacup planters, uh, which like the Rock is really into. But Wolverine is kind of like, oh, where are we going to put this? But you know that he'll water that plant once it's in their house. Mm -hmm.
0: He's not going to let the Rock be disappointed when their plants die. Um, You know, they're both petting Elvis big time, big cat petting energy with those, you know,
1: um, large hands. (laughs) And uh, while they're, you know, taking a nice post dinner stroll, uh, they happen to see Jackson and Aaron arguing on the pier. And they intervene uh, when he starts to attack her and they are able to save her from being murdered. And I get Jackson locked up very quickly and uh you know all of the secrets come to light um once he is arrested that he is the one who put Layla in a coma and you know that he had an affair with her and all of those things happen um but you know in a much like chiller manner with no murders involved
0: yeah no murders uh more more cat petting time it just honestly a much better book in my opinion
1: yeah you know after they save Aaron. Uh, to thank uh, to thank them she invites them to like come have lunch uh, and obviously like that's going to be somewhere around the store because the only person she knows in town is Mac and you know they just they get in uh, have start a really great relationship with these people and with Elvis in particular
0: alright so I know we always say that everyone wins the rock paper snick but truly on this day we have all won. correct Uh, What do we think the
1: moral of the story is? Um, The only moral of the story that I could muster for this is that I want to go there.
0: Mine is uh, cats make everything better. Speaking of which, uh, that is also my philosophy for the podcast. Now it's time for Duarte's Corner, where my cat Duarte will get to share his opinions about the book. Yeah, I mean, Duarte, I think you have raised, you know, I do share your objection, the pun name doesn't really connect to the story, Um, but this is such an improvement from most of the books we read that don't even have any cats in them at all.
1: Yeah, you know, we we could have, I agree, picked one that Elvis was in a little bit more or had more of a starring role in. But, you know, this is the one that we ended up with. And, you know, I think he he, it, it is very clear, even though he is not as integral to solving the mystery as he probably is in others, that he is a very important part of all of these people's lives and a real fixture of the community.
0: I mean, if you look at the cover of that book, who's on it? it's Elvis the cat and zero humans and you know they, they know they know what's selling these books it's Elvis yeah the cat Um. alright well Dorote thank you for your time and I'll let you get back to solving your own mysteries right now such as who is walking on the sidewalk and <laughs> is there a bird yes there's a bird case closed Dorote's a great detective yeah sounds like it All right. Uh, Do any humans, such as you and I,
1: have any?
0: I didn't finish my sentence. I just call us humans. (laughs) Uh, Casual reminder, we are still humans. We're all humans. (laughs) Do any of us have closing thoughts?
1: (laughs) Um, I just wanted to say that... um Uh, Georgia on the podcast My Favorite murder has a cat named Elvis, and Elvis uh, speaks at the end of every episode of that show, and that is what I kept thinking about when listening to this book.
0: Oh, I didn't know their cat was named Elvis, but I do know, like, multiple people... Of course, of course, you know that I've never listened to My Favorite Murder. You know that without me having to tell you. But multiple people have been like, oh, did you copy Dorote's Corner from My Favorite Murder? And of course not, because A, I never listened to a podcast. And B, uh, ours started first, although it is obviously much less popular. It was first. Thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, uh, I don't, I mean, like I said, I like these. I might, and I've said this before on the show that, like, I just very desperately want to listen to, want there to be more queer cozy mysteries. People over the years have sent me, like, a lot of queer mysteries and a couple queer cozy series. Um, but, like, a lot of the mysteries are more intense than a cozy, which is fine. I like regular mysteries too, but, you know, that those are my thoughts i like i'm gonna probably read some more of these after i finish the two other books i've out of the library nice not this specific one well maybe the specific one but just in general i i won't yeah (laughs) um but here's what
0: i will listen to is um we are coming up on our 150th episode And we're also coming up on the return of Flashback Summer, and we thought that we would, you know, we want to hear from you all, literally, uh, literally hear from you. And so um, we would love for you to tell us about your favorite childhood book or your favorite childhood series, and as well as what candy pairing you would assign that series and it doesn't matter if, you know, if it's Stars Club, which we've already done an episode about. Um, we, you know, we always love to hear about Stars Club or whatever. Or if it's something super weird and obscure or maybe something that's like not in English and we haven't heard of it. Like whatever it is, we'd love to hear a little bit about your
1: childhood favorite book. And here's how you can do that we would appreciate it if you could record a voice memo on your phone or if you know how to record audio on your computer that's obviously also fine um try to keep it to like less than two minutes and then you can send that file to worstbestsellers at gmail.com uh and if it is too large to Um, send via email, you can upload it to Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever. And just make sure that worstbestsellers at gmail.com has permissions to download it. Try to to be as clear with as little background noise as you can manage. Um, We would really like to include as many of these in episode 150 as we can. But if it is like totally unintelligible, we might not be able to uh include the audio in the episode Mm -hmm. but uh don't be shy if you have never interacted with us before that's fine if all you do is listen to the podcast and you've not like even added us on twitter you don't follow the podcast on social media that's all fine too we really do want to hear from everyone and if you could get those to us by may 8th i believe uh, May 4th. May 4th. I'm sorry. Which is get the those, Star Wars day. Yes. I can't believe I forgot that. If you get those to us by May 4th, we would appreciate it. Uh, so in summary, um, you can record a voice memo on your phone or audio on your computer. It should be less than two minutes long about your favorite childhood book and the candy pairing for it. And you can send it to bestsellers at gmail.com by May 4th.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Put Flashback Summer in the subject line and if you would prefer to see these instructions written down rather than spoken at you, we will definitely have a page up on our website, worstbestsellers.com, with details. And if you already follow us on social media, at the point that we release this episode, you've probably seen it online already. Yes. But if, you, if you're just hearing this now, um, yeah, pay a visit to our website, worstbestsellers.com. Tell us about your favorite childhood
1: books. Yes. Please. Yeah, so we look forward to hearing all of those,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you should definitely send them so it's not like an embarrassing 20-minute episode where there's two voicemails and the two of us just talking for an additional 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of Duarte screaming about his favorite
0: childhood books. Um, which which was- I imagine
1: were in Spanish. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> um, but more on that later. We'll, we'll tell you about that in June, when it when it is actually episode 150. Yes. Uh, for now, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, we are worstbestsellers.com. Nope. Why do I <laughs> always do this? I, worstbestsellers.com is our website. That'll get you something if you go there. But if our, you want to go to our Facebook, it's facebook.com slash worstbestsellers. We're on Twitter, where we're at worst bestseller with no S, because Elvis knocked that S off a shelf, and it fell on the ground and broke, and that's fine, because it was really cute when he did it, and, like, we weren't really using that S anyway. Uh, We all are also sort of newly on Instagram, where we I said Instagram, weirdly, like a grandma. (laughs) (laughs) We're on instant gram. (laughs) Uh and there we are, Worst Bestsellers with an S. Thank you, Instagram, for allowing us that privilege. And we have a Goodreads group, which is most easily accessed by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on
1: the Goodreads link. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all the like regular places where podcasts are. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you know where to get podcasts from. If you do subscribe to us, if you take a moment to rate and review, uh, if you rate and review, it pushes us up a bit on the charts and makes it easier for new people to find us. Uh, If you don't rate and review, then, you know, we're going to be forced to send Charlotte's Angels to investigate all like the nosy facets of your life and tell us your secrets. Mm
0: -hmm. Can't wait. Yep. And then we're going to have Elvis the cat fact check them. Yes.
1: Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worst bestsellers. Uh, Patreon is a service where you provide a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like pay our editor and pay for website hosting and all sorts of things. And uh, in return, you get all sorts of perks, which uh, we're kind of in the midst of uh, revamping those that we might actually be done by the time this airs. Uh, so, you know. There'll be all sorts of things for you to have. Um, we do also have a merch store, which you can get to by going towards bestsellers.com and clicking on merch, uh, where you can find all sorts of designs inspired by our podcast to wear on your body.
0: Um, finally, if you want to follow me personally on social media, I'm at Renata Snacks.
1: Uh, if you want to follow me personally on social media, I'm at 14across.
0: And uh, Duarte doesn't have his own social media, but he is uh, frequently posted at Renata Snacks as well. Uh, I'm I'm so used to pausing for our guests to talk there (laughs) that I forgot that Duarte wasn't (laughs) going (laughs) to self-promote. We will be back in two weeks, probably, if society still exists in two weeks. Um, with Planet X by Michael Jan Friedman, which is, of course, you know, it's a crossover novel between Star Trek and X Men, and we're pretty excited to read it.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I am actually excited to read it, even though I'm sure it'll take me a hundred years. Because weirdly, they have a lot of the old timey Next Generation books on audiobook, but not this one. Stanley probably was like, "No, you got to read it." Yeah not allowed well thank you
0: for that sacrifice and thank you for listening everyone and um again we hope you're all doing well with like kate mentioned earlier with us recording this so far in advance i just feel like i have no idea what's happening and i i hope you're i hope you're all okay Mm. wash your
1: hands
0: stay inside Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. don't do any
1: murders yeah that too And, yeah, hopefully we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. (laughs)